Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages, welcome to Socks on Tap. Tony, I, I, my first reaction is just, fuck yes, let's go. Socks versus Detroit. That's, that's where it all starts. Because it all starts taking care of business in-house in the Central Division. That's right, I'm a meatball. You gotta bring that top button swag, baby. It is always great to beat the Cubs. And I'm a homer, so I always say they're gonna. Dallas Keiko Lampson got some beards that you should be afraid of. What everybody said when he gets out there, it's me versus the other guy, and I'm gonna beat him. So I just love that mentality. It's cool and fucking tough. Steve, Steve, would you say that Tony is mad online? I, I would definitely say that. The White Sox winner. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages, welcome to Socks on Tap. I am your boy Buzz, and I am joined in person by my dude Johnny Nani and remotely my guy NWI Steve. And we are here to talk about a White Sox extra innings winner in the series opener against the Tampa Bay Rays. Before we do that, be sure to go on tapsportsnet.com for all your Chicago sports literature and podcasting needs. Following us on Twitter at Socks on Tap at on Tap Sportsnet. Following the coast of Steve Waite, can't do that. <laughs> following Johnny Nani at Nani Johnny and following me at Buzz on Tap. Anywhere you can listen to podcasts, you can listen to us, five star rating and review because that's cool and tough. Go to Grandstand. You need any White Sox gear? Check them out on socials at Grandstand Socks. Go to GrandstandSocks.com. Or if you're at the ballpark, just walk on down to Grandstand, get your Chicago sports needs or your White Sox needs, whatever you want. Guys, 7-5 to five winner. We have titled this one Flex on them, Timmy, because it was the Tim Anderson game. Steve, we'll start with you because Nani and I have been talking shit down in the basement all night here, drinking some beers. How are you feeling right now? Hey, yo, boys. I'm feeling real good. I got to start off real quick here. There's three of us here tonight. Three-way action. Usually you got to pay double for that. So <laughs> we got to give the people what they really want tonight now. We got to come in hot. Yeah. Oh, yeah. We, we're coming in hot, Steve. Uh, they said it was over. I love that comment from Duke. Yeah, is that it was over, uh, especially uh, when the White Sox don't score in the 10th. We'll get to all the details down there. But, yeah, feeling kind of down and out. Uh, White Sox able to come back uh, in the 11th. That was huge getting two runs, too. Uh, I think that lowered the collective blood pressure down here uh, very much so, Buzz. You and I were talking about that. Uh, we needed that extra one uh, in the 11th to feel safe. And, obviously, right to pair, able to get the job done, lock this thing down. But Tim Anderson, obviously, the story tonight, flex on him, Timmy. Coming in clutch, obviously, the walk-off from Field of Dreams. Vibes are still flowing. Um, that, that guy just has ice in his veins. He hits the home run to tie it up late, and then he hits a single to bring home the game-winning run, what would be. So um, uh, let's kind of get in and start, I guess, from the top. Lucas Giolito Day, Steve, observations, what we saw from the big righty. This is the guy that we have been waiting to see for quite a while. I know he's uh, thrown the ball pretty well consistently here since the All-Star break happened. But to come out there, do it tonight against the team that has the best record in the American League, this is the guy that we want to see night in, night out, every fifth day when he takes the ball. This is the guy that wants the ball game one of the postseason – this is his this is his opportunity now to try to make a play to take that away from Lance Lynn here. So to go out there and to do it on the road in Tampa against the team, again, like I said, with the best record in the American League, that was huge. He was going out there aggressive right from the outset, attacking people. And the one thing that really stood out to me was he was utilizing that slider today more frequently than I think we have seen him at any point uh, during the season here. I know we've all kind of talked collectively, and, and I've said – on a number of different post-game shows that I think it's time for him to start mixing in a third option there, aside from that 
elevated fastball changeup combination that has allowed him to be so successful. We're getting to a point here in some of these starts where teams are just kind of sitting on that. So now having that third option there to keep hitters off balance, this is going to make him deadly. If he can maintain consistency with that release point on it, this could be nasty, boys. Yeah, absolutely. And I feel like Johnny and I were talking about this before we got we went live here and got everything set up, but it was just kind of like we named the episode, you know, flex on him, Timmy, but I kind of felt like it took away a little bit from Giolito because he was mm-hmm. so good, but we're not, not a lot of people are going to talk about that because Timmy obviously did what he did at the end of the game to win the game. But Giolito played fantastic. He had seven innings pitched tonight. He only let up three hits, two runs. Both of them earned. He struck out eight and let up one long ball. That long ball was what, what was that? Uh, in top, yeah, Choi in the top of this or the bottom of the second inning. The, uh, he was just lights out. And it was, like you said, Steve, amazing to see because that's the guy that we've been waiting for. And he did it against an AL, you know, an AL best record team. Like that was the best record team in the AL. It's a, a great opponent coming off of Oakland, getting a ton of, you know, a ton of teams that are going to be in the playoffs here, two teams that are in the playoffs, but you know, very good teams that were facing back to back stretch. Yeah. yeah. Tough stretch a ball here. And he, he came out and he showed out and it was really impressive. I was really happy to see yeah. it. And like, not you had brought that up too. When we were watching the game. He was throwing that slider. Yeah. Was, yeah. For, for sure. I'll start, I started the slider then since you transition it there for, uh, I was talking to buzz. He hasn't seen breaking bad, but uh, what my observation of Giolito slider tonight was tight. Tight. It was tight. <laughs> Looks like the fastball coming out. Uh, Steve, you said we had to give him a show, so I did a little Tuco there for the people. But that's my observation from it because sometimes it can get loopy, and you're not fooling anyone with it when it's like that. They're just going to sit on a fastball or changeup, wait for it there. But when the slider comes in looking like the fastball, good luck when it's dropping off the table nice and tight. Well done, Tuco. Well done. Uh, I had to. I had to, boys. My last observation from Giolito. Uh, you had talked about it, Steve, uh, talking about, you know, if he wants to make that push, uh, try and get a game one start uh, in a playoff series. Obviously, uh, going to have to string together uh, outings like this, like we saw tonight, uh, very effective, uh, and obviously working in a, a third pitch there. Um, but, you know, it's against it felt like I wanted to, I wanted to incorporate this a little bit somehow into the title but it didn't work out because Timmy just stole the show but a little bit of playoff atmosphere I know we're not there yet I know we're sitting on a big division lead here but you're playing a team that is going to be in the playoffs okay the Rays are going to be in the playoffs they're a very good team they've been in the playoffs for multiple years now here um and you saw the intensity in the back and forth later on in the game and obviously Julio ends up getting no decision out of it but you know that's uh he gave you uh the, the innings at the beginning of it too um and facing you know a, a lineup that uh uh, has playoff experience and they uh, will be pesky as all hell in the playoffs. Him uh, being able to shut them down was very encouraging. Hundred percent, boys. Hundred percent. So you know, a couple couple of things there that that you touched on. Um, you, you touched on the on the the tight slider. First of all, I, I want to kind of circle back to that. He did a really nice job of tunneling here tonight, making sure that that release point and that tunnel that the slider was coming out of was the same as the fastball. And again, I think that's what really added to the effectiveness of it, not just the the bite on it, but when you add that tunneling piece to it here, now all of a sudden guys are thinking, okay, I'm seeing the spin, I'm, I'm seeing fastball, fastball, and then all of a sudden, boom, it just dies on you. So that's obviously the goal right there. So really pinpoint execution with that tonight. You love to see that. And as far as the atmosphere goes, look, this absolutely did have that playoff type feel to it. I mean, because this was a, you know, a one to one game going into the fifth inning here when the Sox, you know, kind of broke things open a little bit with uh, with, with the three runs there. And then just the, the seesaw back and forth action, it definitely had that October vibe to it. And there was a lot of tension 
in this game here. Obviously, you know, you get later in the, in the game when Tampa makes their comeback, ultimately takes the lead. And then the Sox with, with the late inning dramatics here, this is the type of, of game that as fans, we're going to have to be prepared for in about six weeks from now. So start taking your blood pressure medication now. Get your heart fucking ready because I'm telling you, the month of October, it's going to be tense. Or you could do what I do and just drink alcohol if not feel. <laughs> I mean, I'm not sure. Just numb it. Just numb it all. We It got so quiet down here, Steve, when Tampa started making their comeback. Like, you know, we were laughing, having conversations. Socks are up. You know, at the time it was like four to one. We're kicking ass, and then Tampa starts making their comeback. I think we popped the hardest tonight for the Mankata bomb. Yeah. I think that was probably, besides Timmy hitting it in the top yeah. of the ninth, but the Mankata bomb was absolutely fantastic. Good to see him back, you know, hitting a home run, getting on track here. He's been, uh, you know, under a lot of scrutiny lately in the uh, – I know you don't have it. It's called twatter and the twatter sphere. Tell, so. tell, tell me tell me more about this because <laughs> I, I don't know. Ru- rumor has it that, that, you know, there's a ghost that – you know, periodically makes an appearance. Well, we, we might need the ghost to haunt some people and tell them that uh, sucks Kata is for real. But, you know, I, I digress. Um, it, just a crazy, intense game. So after Joy uh, Homer to center there, it was one-to-one in the bottom of the second. Top of the fifth is when the Sox get back on. This is a very important play, too, because this is where, again, where the title of the episode really starts, in, in my opinion, is when um, – Tim Anderson slid into in, into home plate and yes. he avoided the tag after uh, Abreu had singled. He grounded into a fielder's choice, but Anderson was able to you know slide in and and get you know get a run scored there, and that made it two to one at the time. That was the top of the fifth inning. Absolutely huge there. It keeps the inning alive for then the Makata home run afterwards uh, to score Abreu to make the the, the score four to one. Absolutely. Heads up, base running by by Anderson. I just want to comment on Tim Anderson's slide in that, you know, I think the at the end of the day, Trey Turner is going to have the sexiest, most, you know, kind of highlight reel slide of the year. But when you're talking about importance in uh, terms of where the game was uh, and the job that he did to avoid uh, being tagged out at home there, just incredible, man. This guy's baseball IQ and then physical gifts on top of it are something to behold. It's fun to watch night in, night out. And that's definitely something that I that I want to kind of follow up on. And I know I've touched on this a few times here uh, during various postgame shows. That slide and just the awareness of him understanding where Zanino is at relative to home play, understanding how he needed to um, essentially twist his body to avoid the tag on that. And I've talked about this numerous times, and it still blows my mind. This is a guy that didn't play baseball until he was 16 years old. It is amazing to think about the baseball awareness that this guy possesses for someone that didn't grow up playing this game actively his entire life. You know, you have someone like me who had you know, next to zero athletic ability here, played the game my entire life, and this guy just picked it up at 16 years old and is doing the things that he's doing out there at the highest level. It is truly astounding, and we see this time and time again from him, uh, just going out there doing things that really you, you wouldn't expect someone that doesn't have that much overall experience playing this game to, to go out there and do. And he does it in key pivotal moments, and these are the types of little things that are going to be instrumental to this team potentially making a deep run into Soxtober. 
Yeah, absolutely, Steve. I mean, this guy is just a uh, consummate professional now. He's grown into his game, and obviously he displays it uh, on the field uh, in clutch moments, obviously, that we'll get to uh, in a little bit here. And then just savvy things, taking the extra 90 feet whenever he can. Um, And uh, then, you know, using his speed uh, to be able to avoid uh, tags out like that and give the White Sox more runs at the end of the day. So um, that's usually – let's talk you on Mankata here, though, guys. We we have to. <laughs> this guy under all this fire, not being clutch and all that. And sure, he had a couple of situations earlier in the game where it looks like that trend's going to continue. But one thing that we've learned that I've sent to you guys, our guy, uh, that pod guy Duke says, Yohan Moncada slander never ages well. And we saw why. Yeah, he had a, he played a great game tonight. You know, he had a couple good throws from third base. I mean, that's, a, that's another thing that a lot of people hate on. It's because it's not the wow, the wowie wowie shit of him, you know, smacking balls right now while he's in a slump. People need, need to remember how he started the season off. Started off good. He's in a, he's in a slump. It, it, it's true. He, he's been in a slump and he hasn't been, you know, hitting the ball that we have been accustomed to seeing in the beginning of the season or 2019. Seems like he generally gets the pass from 2020 due to the COVID scare that he had and all that which is fine. But third base tonight, he played great. Had a couple run and throws. They were able to grab that ball, throw it on the move, which seems to be better at than planting, mm-hmm. which whatever, you could debate that all you want. But he had a great game tonight. You know, I believe he walked. He hit a home run. I mean, he did things that needed to be done, and that's what you want to see out of Mankata. He played a great game, and it's just the scrutiny that he gets, I think, is unfair a lot of the yeah. time. I, I think it's fair, like we talked about earlier, when your build is a superstar, you're always mm-hmm. going to take a little bit yeah. of shit if you're not performing up to the level of a superstar, but he's performing yeah, and, and it's fine. I just want to say it's, it's not that you can't criticize Yohan Mankata, but let's also at the end of the day, take a step back and look at the value that he provides both defensively uh, and when he gets in stretches offensively. I mean, there, there were times where basically no one's getting on base for a while back in like the, like, what was that late June kind of mid July kind of period. Uh, and he goes off and that's when he kind of had a little bit of power surge and everyone's loving him for it and bombs out the center field, just like he did tonight. Um, and then, you know, comes, goes cold for a little bit um despite you know basically outside of that you know double at Wrigley and maybe a few hits sparsed uh, here and there but comes up big spot here gets a really good team here tonight uh so you know you all Mankata will take uh, his production here overall and uh you know I've learned to be patient with him too that's the other thing too I, th- I think early on uh, everybody since he was the first one here that arrived in the rebuild. I think that also kind of skews some expectations here uh, and you want him uh, to be that core piece, the superstar of it. Um, But, you know, a little patience and I think it'll pay off. The thing that can be really frustrating about Yohan Mankata is that there are just ebbs and flows to his game, especially offensively. Um, He's the type of guy that because he does have that element of swing and miss to his game and he does have a very strong understanding of the of the strike zone he's not going to swing the bat freely like a lot of other guys and so it kind of lends itself at times to some of these stretches where things just look worse than they really are um now that's not again like like buzz was saying that's not to to say that you can't criticize him and, and simply put he hasn't been impacting the baseball enough i would say for the last six weeks mm-hmm. so that's even fair. when you know even when he's been swinging the bat it's been a lot of singles and, you know, kind of looks a lot like a, a middle infielder that is no longer a part of the White Sox for the last six weeks, if we're being completely <laughs> honest here. But the difference to that, and this is something key that you touched on here, Johnny, is that he's providing quality 
gold glove caliber defense at third base right there. That That is the one of the nice things is the defense has not slumped at any point this season. They, he has been consistent with that glove, and that is key when you're over there at a, at a position like third base, um, particularly for – you know, a, a team, you know, that has guys like Diamond Dallas Keuchel who throw a lot of ground balls on the left side. I, I seem to remember a year ago on some website, a certain Twins blogger who is probably crying himself to sleep tonight in fourth place, like 20 games out of first, saying that um, Yohan Makata was going to be a big defensive liability at third base for a guy like Dallas Keuchel. How's that working out, Teddy? Yeah. <laughs> That's uh, I don't I don't see his stuff anymore. No, I wonder man. I wonder why. Yeah, it's funny how they go quiet. Another guy I would like to bring hold, up hold, hold on, before we move on into pitching or anything is um, is Luis Robert. Great game tonight as well. Robert Robert, two hits tonight for him. Um, you know he drove in a run. Uh, he's been fantastic putting them. Both of his hits were opposite field hits and he turned one into a double. So that was pretty sweet. I mean, he, you know, he, he played a great game. I think, you know, what he's been doing and that was the first inning run is when he had the double and yes. Tim made it from first to, to home, you know, um, he's just been absolutely lights yeah. out since he's come back. I, I got uh, just one guy was texting with our guy, uh, Akins. You've heard him on the show a few times here um, before the game. And he said, he's like, I love this lineup. Looks really good tonight. And I said, Luis Robert in the two hole is hot. Just like his bat. Absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, it's just, been, it's, it's so refreshing to have a talent like him back in the lineup and, you know, we didn't forget what he could do. Sox fans didn't forget what he could do, but the maybe he did. <laughs> maybe the league did. Maybe the league did because this guy is just tearing the cover off the ball. He's putting the bat on the ball. He's real. I mean, he's hitting 336, three, uh, his on base percentage is 371 on the year, 507 slugging. I know it's a very small sample size because, you know, he was hurt for so long. Mm -hmm. I get it. But I, I can't no. wait till the power starts showing consistently and the ball starts leaving the ballpark. That's that's what I'm going to be pretty happy about. But it, it's coming. I know that for sure. It's a coming. It's this coming. Is a, this is a guy that provides a dynamic energy to the lineup, both offensively and defensively. And you saw that with that first inning RBI double here tonight, scoring Timmy. And Buzz, like you talked about, the approach of the two hits that he had tonight going the other way. Um, this is a guy that people forget is still relatively young in terms of his overall major league experience. I mean, he doesn't even have a hundred games played. I don't, I don't think at the, at the major league level yet to this point here. So this is still very much a learning process for him. Look at the, look at the development that took place from Andrew Vaughn. Okay, yeah. Over, yeah. over his time. Frame. And, and that was, I think even a little bit more exaggerated because he didn't have the luxury of dominating at double A AA and triple A the way Luis Robert did. So again, Ro Robert is still, learning and developing at the big league level here. He's not even close to what the finished product is ultimately going to be. And you see the upside to this guy and you see the damage and the impact that this guy can make in the lineup. And he's only going to continue to get better as he gains more experience and starts to have a more thorough understanding of how pitchers are approaching him and what their game plans are. He's already starting to make these adjustments here. I mean, this thing is good. It's going to be terrifying here. I am in short order. And I think that by the time we get to mid September here, you have him and you have Eloy back in this lineup. You bring in Yaz money who, who might be back by next weekend here. And uh, you know, this team could finally be at full strength. This, this offense 
has a chance to do some really special stuff here. And I know it's been kind of up and up and down at various points throughout the season here, but I cannot wait to finally see this thing at full strength because yeah. this could be a fully operational death star. You, you talk about getting back to full strength too. Obviously, yeah, is the big return that uh, everyone's kind of waiting for here, obviously, because he's been on the rehab assignment. It's just a matter of time at this point. But also, I think we're forgetting about one Mr. Adam Engel. Um, who is only out with just left shoulder inflammation. So not saying that you ever wish for a certain injury or whatever, but I am glad it's not a lower body ailment for uh, Angle and it's left shoulder non-throwing. Um, so I would imagine that means 10 day would probably be close to the 10 to 20 days that they usually allot for 10 day IL stint. So you add him plus he has back to the mix, uh, like all these guys that are now back here with Eloy uh, and Robert as well. And yes, uh, going to be looking at a scary lineup uh, in you know mid September uh, as we trudge on into playoff baseball in October. Um, it wasn't all rosy tonight, guys. I know we've said a lot of positive things. We've had a lot of really good stuff to talk about. That's all great, but. Uh, when it did not go so well, uh, eighth inning, we have Craig Kimbrell in, uh, you know, in a situation where he gets pulled uh, with two outs after, you know, he had a walk uh, in there that allowed a runner on base so that had him face the uh, minimum of three that he needed to. Tony LaRusso elects to go with Bummer. And before we talk about this move, um, just want to point out there that Tony LaRusso did say in the post game that that was a mistake lifting Kimbrell. And it was the wrong message to send him there uh, and probably would have been the better option to leave him in uh, to work out of that. So just thoughts on this eighth inning here, because uh, this is where uh, the Rays would come back in, into this game, Steve. I did think that the decision to go to um, Bummer in that spot was interesting. And and I can't say that I necessarily understood it. It is, I think, a little bit encouraging to hear uh, Tony kind of acknowledge that after the game. I wasn't aware of that. Um I think his thought process behind it at that point was, you know, you had Lau coming up and they had talked about the splits um, of Lau versus left-handers versus right-handers. But then at the same time, we saw how Kevin Cash countered that with bringing in Randy Rosarena. Um, You know, another thing that people just got to understand here is that the lack of execution by Kimbrell and mm-hmm. and Bummer of not throwing strikes yep. was ultimately the biggest yep. problem here tonight. Um, that's that's just an issue. And you know, Aaron Bummer had has been on a very nice stretcher, and he kind of reverted back to the guy that we saw in April and May of this year, just not being able to locate, not being able to get ahead of hitters, um, issuing too many walks. And then you, you have the scenario with Nelson Cruz there. Basically, in that spot, Tony was kind of damned if he did, damned if he didn't. If you pitch to Nelson Cruz, lefty-righty, and he hits a three-run homer, you get crucified, and everybody says, why didn't you just walk him? You have a left-handed hitter in Austin Meadows coming up. Go after him. you know." So then he he makes what I think on paper was the right move, and I, I'll be honest yeah. with you, I wouldn't have pitched Nelson Cruz in that spot if, if it was my decision. I think he did the right thing, and then Bummer just didn't locate the pitch and and threw threw a cock shot to Austin Meadows, and that's ultimately (laughs) what it comes down to. It it just The whole inning blew up because of poor execution from Kimbrell and Bummer. I yeah, mean, it's, yeah. it's kind of that simple. Yeah, I'll, uh, not, not the override buzz here. Just, I think you you covered basically everything I was going to say. There, all, my my only few words here are command is key for all pitchers, especially Aaron Bummer. When you see uh, him have struggles, it's usually because of the command walk setting it up, and then like you had said, uh, mislocating pitches that then get hit uh, and bring those guys that are already on base in, which we saw tonight, and which we saw in his earlier struggles. But 
when the command was on, like is like you said, that previous stretch that you alluded to, uh, he was hitting his spots. So that the command is key, and uh, that's all I've got on it. Buzz comments. I, I basically echo the sentiments. I mean, there's not much more I can cover from what you and, and Steve just got. I pretty much agree with everything there. I don't know what I would have done in that situation. Nani and I were talking about that talking about it down here as it was happening. And, you know, we're like, okay, Meadow's coming up, lefty-lefty. Then they were talking about the splits that he has. Yeah, I, said, I even said, don't jinx it, Benetti. What yeah. does he do? He fucking jinxed yeah, he fucking it. fucking jinxed not, it. Not his fault, although yeah. that was bummer just not located. Right, but, you know. right. And I'd like to play my superstitions anyway, though. Well, superstitions are cool and tough. Yeah. But I will say, when he was talking about that, I felt a little bit comfortable about it, but at the same time, it just had that that so White Sox feeling to it that <laughs> you, you, something you, was going to happen. It should, but you got to remember the history of this team, <laughs> right? So, and then of course, you know, he hits a fucking single up the middle, and I'm just kind of like, yeah, that's uh, that's when it got quiet down here. I'm pretty wish, sure Nani yeah. beat the shit out of the cushion next to you. He just yeah, punched it a couple times. We were we we're not happy about wish, that. But wish I could say I didn't see it coming, but. That's so white socks. Yeah, I mean that, that, that's basically it for me. Yeah. yeah. Uh, all right, let's get back to some more good shit though. Because like shit. yeah, we, we get back to the good shit. That, luckily, when we're talking about this, like I said, it wasn't all too rosy. But that basically uh, kind of uh, sums up uh, the bad from this one. Uh, going from the top of the ninth, we're down one here. But Mister Clutch, Tim Anderson, flex on him, Timmy, dead center. Fucking let's go. We were ecstatic down here. Uh, Steve, how'd you react? I as soon as that thing came off the bat, I, I let out a good old hawk arrow. Said, stretch, stretch, get on back there. So I mean, love it. The, and, and and you know, Hawk was doing the exact same thing from his couch in Granger, Indiana, in between steps of Schmirnoff. Yep. And I, I <laughs> you know, because if we know Hawk is good for one thing, it's turning Schmirnoff into piss. Yep. Um, at this point here, but uh, man, Timmy just coming through clutch moment. This is a guy that is not afraid to get a big hit when when this team needs it, and you just love to see it. Oh, absolutely! And the fact that he was working counts tonight too, man. He was not. He he was literally. He was waiting yeah. for a pitch. I mean, he was following him off. He was staying in there. He was staying competitive, and that's what I love the most out of him. I mean, everything that we could talk about tonight of him getting big hits, him sliding into home and eluding a tag and all that. That's great. But I mean, what he did at the plate, while it might have not been the sexiest thing to talk about, right. but the fact that he was driving pitch counts up and he was making, he was waiting for his pitch, and that's what he did all night long. That I don't think I've seen him play a better game. I mean, obviously, Field of Dreams, yes. We could talk about that all day, about him hitting the walk-off. But, like, is a complete game tonight, besides the little toss that he had to Cesar Hernandez that didn't mm-hmm. work out how we would like it. Tough play, though. Tough, tough play. play. Um, he made up for it and then some. Yes. You know, but even before yeah. that happened and then after that happened, he made it for he made up for it. And, uh, you know, him at the plate tonight was just, that was probably the best complete baseball game I've ever seen on Tim Anderson. I'm be honest with you. Big moment. Like you guys said, a little bit of an October feel, not all the way October feel, but an October feel to it. And that's what he did. That's how he delivered. It was absolutely amazing that he comes up in the top of the ninth. He ties this damn game to give so, us a chance. Big players make big plays in big spots. And that's exactly what Tim Anderson did uh, throughout this game here. Uh, and, and like him or not, Joe Buck said it. And uh, Tim Anderson is starting to prove him right every day. Uh, seemingly um, that he should be the face of baseball and games like tonight are why uh, Joe Buck made a comment like that. So you'd love to see it from Tim Anderson, but he wouldn't even be done tonight, guys. Uh, the, let's go. Let's talk. White Sox had to defend this uh, after, you know, tying this game up. Uh, they had to defend it uh, in the ninth. They have Liam Hendricks out there. And, hey, uh, this guy for, you know, uh, getting a lot of heat uh, after the Field of Dreams game and obviously huge stage there. So um, kind of rightfully so, and people just irritated uh, with, with 
things that are happening there. Uh, as of late, you know, it looked really locked in in the A series here. Uh, gets the job done in the ninth. Nice to be able to go to that. And then uh, we get back up to the plate, and it is Tim Anderson coming through uh, in the 11th. Uh, and, you know, we start Zach Collins on second. Uh, Tim Anderson drives ball uh, through the middle of the infield there. Uh, and Zach Collins, even though it looks like he has cement shoes, <laughs> coming around, chugging along. Uh, it wasn't contested. He scores. That would end up being the game-winning run. Uh, wouldn't be done there, though. MV Pito uh, with an RBI ground out. Um, hey, just getting the job done, getting that extra run in. Uh, to Like I said, bring all of our blood pressure levels down a little bit there. You know, another key thing that is, is not going to show up in the box score tomorrow, but that led directly to that second run. Um, in in that eleventh inning, there was Tim reading the throw, yeah, coming coming in from right field and realizing, hey, this thing is going to miss the cutoff, man. I got to get that extra ninety feet, and then he he was able to get to third. Then on the pass ball by Zanino, getting crossed yes. crossed up right there. If he doesn't do that, if he doesn't get that extra ninety feet right there, that second run doesn't score, and now all of a sudden. You know, bottom half of the inning, you got the tying run on second base again. So again, that baseball IQ, that acumen of understanding situations, understanding and and having the instincts comes in huge right there from Timmy. So it's not a movie quote or excuse me, a TV show quote tonight from, uh, you know, a- a- epic shows that a lot of people know. Uh, I'll use a line from Lester Freeman in The Wire uh, augmented a little bit. Every 90 feet matters. And you saw it on full display from Timmy tonight. Absolutely. Absolutely. It's huge moments from him again, reading the, you know, reading the plays, reading what's going on on the field, Steve, and the, the IQ's up. And again, it was on full display for anybody to see anybody that doubts the guy should be worth seven war. What the fuck he did tonight. Mm-hmm. I'm sorry. I don't care. But you know, it, it was just buzz war. Yeah. It was, it's buzz war, buzz war plus 9 million. But you know, like it's just, <laughs> but I, I felt, like I said, man, it was just, again, it was the most complete game, best game I've ever seen him play as a white Sox. I mean, it, it really was. Absolutely electric shit out of him. Yeah, Back let, to the Tim and or the the Tim Anderson single to score Collins. I just me and yeah. Johnny were laughing about it. He said cement shoes. I said it's like those people that go jogging with the weights on their ankles. <laughs> yeah. Like that's what I felt it looked like. I am pretty sure Florida had a mini earthquake. Yeah, Zach Collins ain't fast. Let's just, you know we we know that. <laughs> but luckily uh, we, with where the ball was hit um, and strength of the arm uh, out there in the outfield, uh, not. Uh, contested play there uh, at home plate. So very nice. Uh, <laughs> felt very nice. White Sox took the lead there. Let's talk one last guy going back to my two goat with a tight slider tonight. Mr. Ryan Tapera getting the 11th inning guys. This guy, I, I felt good. I told Buzz, I said, I feel good about this. He did. I, he said, I, I, I do feel good about Tapera. And not that I don't trust Liam Hendricks, um, but obviously there have been spots here and there. And he had some work from, you know, a multi-inning uh, save uh, during the A series, worked in another game in that series too. Didn't expect them to go and extend him once again here, uh, even though, you know, you can make an argument that, you know, that might be your best guy for the spot there. But I still felt comfortable with Tapera, and he showed me why. That slider was tight. He was getting ahead of hitters uh, and obviously didn't let up anything there. Didn't even let the Rays get back within one. I love to see that. That is great for all of our blood pressures. (laughs) Went out there, took the ball, attack mode. Right from the outset, I yeah. keep I will keep driving this point home until I'm blue in the face. Go out there, take the ball, and attack. You're in control of the ball game. I, I there are a few things in this world of baseball that irritate me more than pitchers going out there and being timid. You're the one in control of the game. It's like it's like my college pitching coach 
former uh, New York Mets pitcher Tim Burdick used to say, without us, you can't play this game. Go out there and fucking act like it. Ryan Tapera did that tonight. He went out there and he shoved. He said, these last three outs, these are mine. I'm taking it. You ain't doing a damn thing with it. We're going home with a dub. We're putting another number in that left-hand column. We're taking that magic number down to 30. Yes, I absolutely love it, too. Um, also, sure hands uh, from Cesar. Saw in a couple of plays tonight. That, that's one of my final observations. Uh, didn't really come through. I used my pick to click tonight. Didn't really come through. I know he think he had one single, uh, one hit tonight. But uh, some sure hands there and some plays that may just get overlooked. But that was a very nice lunging play on the line drive that he caught. And then just being shorthanded, no bullshit. Uh, in the final out, first out of the 11th inning uh, there. Um, th that just made me feel good. It gave me good vibes rolling through the rest of that to be able to lock it down. We got a White Sox winner, baby, over a team that, you know, is going to be a playoff team, like we said. And now the White Sox 4-1 and one against the Rays. I thought they couldn't be good teams, though, Steve. Yeah, weird, weird how that happens, you know. It, well, it turns out the Rays actually suck, I guess. So, I mean, you know, whatever. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, whatever, yeah. whatever, whatever you want to say to help yourself uh, – <laughs> sleep at night but i mean you guys got anything else on this one or i mean i i felt like again tim anderson flexed on him we got to flex on the post game talking about our boy i mean absolute electric performance a great comeback from the Sox after almost losing it yeah anything else boys yeah, just uh louis robert uh shout out for getting the party started always loving the good guys go up early they're able to do that before uh lucas julie may have take them out so shout out louis robert absolutely absolutely so tomorrow we have a noon 10 start. Noon 10 start tomorrow. It'll be Diamond, Dallas Keuchel against Patino. Eight and six for Dallas Keuchel with a 4.48 ERA. Going up against Patino with a two and three record, 4.73 ERA. Keuchel has pitched 130 in two-third innings. He's let up 130 hits, struck out 79, walked 44, let up 22 long balls. Goddamn. Uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Patino, 45 and two-third innings pitched, uh, 40 hits, let up 48 strikeouts. He's walked 20 and he's let up eight long balls. That is the matchup tomorrow, boys. Yep. So, Steve, we need you to start this one off because you wrote an excellent <clears throat> article that was published today on a certain website called ontapsportsnet.com where you should go for all Chicago sports literature and podcasting needs. But you can see stuff like posts from our guy, NWI Steve, me, Buzz, Tony, all that um, there. You wrote about Dallas Keuchel today. Tell us what it was about. It's very simple. 15 outs. 15 outs. That's what I need from Dallas Keuchel tomorrow. I cannot, and Tony LaRussa, Ethan Katz, they cannot allow him to be overextended more than that. Get through the order twice. Get 15 outs. Find a way to do it. I don't care what it takes. Make it happen, okay? Anything more than that, and you are playing with fire, especially with this Tampa Rays lineup that doesn't hit a lot of ground balls to begin with. And we've seen Dallas have issues here with the home run rate. Highest of his career. So this this is a matchup that could be a little problematic for a team that likes to elevate the baseball here. So he's got to go out there. He's got to find a way to command the strike zone and get 15 outs. From there, if, if bullpen A squad is ready, if Michael Kopech can give you two innings, cover six outs, that's going to be the formula here. We saw this from we, – we saw this in the approach this past Monday against Oakland. Follow that same formula here. Don't get cute with it. Even if he's at like 75, 78 pitches like he was on Monday, don't overthink it. 15 outs, move on. Yep. 
That's love it. it. And uh, you, you brought up a great point there, Steve. Michael Kopech did not throw tonight. Fresh tomorrow. I think that is a formula that they should and will follow because, you know, uh, people like to rag on Tony. Oh, didn't make the right decision here and there. Well, guess what? He made the right decisions on Monday. Ended up in a White Sox close win. It was that 3-2 ball game that yep. they ended up pulling out there. Um, and it worked well uh, with the format that they used that you just laid out. And uh, readers can go and look at that on TampaSportsNet.com. If you want the full, uh, Steve has a nice little chart in there with the stats. First time, second time, third time through, all of that. Uh, so if you need even more backing uh, for what this formula entails, go and check it out on TampaSportsNet.com. And, Johnny, your point earlier, too, Keuchel has pitched really good against good teams. So let's see how that goes as well. Yeah, yeah. and this isn't, you know, I know that you can go and point to other starts, too. He's shit the bat against Kansas City, against Minnesota at times, and yada, yada. But also, guess what? We've had that from Lucas Giolito, too. We've had that from, you know, a non-stellar start from Dylan Cease or whatever, wherever it may be throughout the rotation. You've got... Carlos Rodon got rocked at Kansas City one time. My point is there, though, is just that, and I'm not saying it's an indicator of what's to come, oh, that, he's going, that he's going to shut these guys down, but Don't write five, five innings, at least five innings pitch and two earned runs or fewer allowed, which means giving your team a chance to win and wins that he ended up getting the win for. I know it's not a huge stat anymore, but the, just, you know, White Sox won and he recorded the win. Games against Boston, Toronto, Tampa Bay, and Oakland most recently. And the one against Tampa Bay, actually, I don't think they'll follow that same formula, but he was throwing well enough to go seven in that game uh, and get the White Sox to win back on the south side in mid-June. So um, just, you know, I, I, I don't believe in it fully that, you know, it, oh, it's, uh, you know, a veteran guy is always going to get the job done just because he's a veteran. But uh, propensity, uh, what basically all that tells me, though, propensity to elevate the play a little bit when the stakes are a little bit higher. That's all. I'm yeah, it's at. basically not writing right. him off, yeah. essentially. That he can come out and he can have an effective game if he follows a, a correct formula that Tony and Ethan Katz lay out for him. Yep. And that's where we want to be. Picks to click tomorrow, boys. What do we got? Start off, Steve. All right. So, got uh, Luis Patino on the mound tomorrow. I think Luis. It was a long one. Wow. That's what she we, said. We are really getting. <laughs> We are giving the people a show tonight, Steve. You you set it up, and we, we haven't, I will say, not to pat ourselves on the back, but actually I'll pat Buzz on the back here. We've uh, we've delivered. That was a really, that might be one of the best R rolls since maybe one of Buzz's early ones when we started the Roll the R Stick uh, back in, you know, late 2019, early 2020 of yeah. the show. That was excellent, and I love the pick, too, because he's hot as all hell right now. I, I feel like I just walked into a gym in the gym showers, and I'm embarrassed because Steve's was so long and mine was not. <laughs> <laughs> I just feel terrible about myself. <laughs> I'm, I'm going to go pedo. I'm going to go pedo. Short, stout, and to the point. You know what I'm saying? Like That's where I'm going. I'm going to go pedo tomorrow. I said I was going to do it one time this week, and we got the home run tonight. It's one, Mr. Yoan Mangata. I'll be out with some friends watching the game. Wear it. The black Yoan Mangata jersey, and I hope it comes through again uh, because, you know, I've learned to be patient with him. And, yes, to answer the, the overarching question, he's a productive player, and he does no clutch. He can get it done, and he will get it done when it matters. So just be a little patient. Yoan Mangata, like our picks, though. I, I definitely dig him. Definitely dig him. We got anything else before we ride out here, boys? That's just a good win against a good baseball team. Let's keep it rolling here. Yeah, hey, um, you know, it uh, feels like October a little bit. It's not completely there yet. I know it's not going to be the exact same, and obviously nerves will be flowing even more there. But when you can do this and give yourself even just a little bit of experience, 
every little bit helps along the way. And we've had multiple series here and kind of a back-to-back here also because Oakland right there on the cusp, you know, fighting wild card, all that. And you take three of uh, four from them and hopefully we can take a series here this weekend. It would be great to sweep. Don't know if that's going to happen, but obviously that's why you play the damn game. So uh, just continue that um, playing with swagger, playing with confidence. And I really like what you said, Steve, uh, about pitchers going out there and just owning the moment, uh, you know, be in charge. And I think White Sox do that tomorrow. We'll talk about another win. Let's go get the series yeah, one, win. Everybody, one. be sure you're going to ontapsportsnet.com for all your Chicago sports literature and podcasting needs. Following us on Twitter at SoxOnTap, at ontapsportsnet. Following the ghost Steve, you can't. Following Johnny at Nani Johnny. Follow me at Buzz on Tap. Anywhere you can listen to podcasts, you can listen to us. Five-star rating and review because that's cool and tough. Check out Grandstand, Grandstand Socks on socials, grandstandsocks.com. If you're out by the ballpark, walk over Grandstand get your White Sox gear. We'll be back tomorrow after the White Sox hopefully beat the Tampa Bay Rays again and win the series. White Sox forever. White Sox forever. White Sox for life. <laughs>